This is The Guardian. I'm Jane Lee and this is The Full Story. Former Deputy Premier of New South Wales, John Barillaro, is at the centre of a political controversy. Months after resigning from Parliament, Barillaro was appointed to a lucrative $500,000 a year job that he created as a minister. So how did Barillaro land this job? And what does this say about the integrity of our political system? Today, the politician and the Big Apple. It's Wednesday, the 29th of June. So Mick, this controversy centres on a former senior New South Wales politician by the name of John Barillaro. Tell me a little bit more about him. Yeah, so John Barillaro is the former Deputy Premier of, of New South Wales, a job he held for, for about five years. He was also the, the leader of the, the National Party in, in New South Wales. Uh, and, and, and during that time, he held a bunch of portfolios, you know, uh, investment, trade. Uh, he was the Minister for Regional New South Wales uh, and, and, and tourism as well. Michael McGowan is a New South Wales state reporter for Guardian Australia. Barillaro is a sort of was a larger-than-life figure in, in New South Wales politics for, for a long time and, and quite polarising. I think a lot of people will be most familiar with... He was a key figure in the, the New South Wales Coalition's internal wars over, over koala policy, which threatened to um, blow up the coalition. Good evening. There are serious cracks in the state government tonight after the National Party took a major step towards ending its coalition with the Liberals. The Deputy Premier says his MPs will abstain from supporting government legislation or bills until changes are made to koala habitat protection laws. When, when it occurred, he, he threatened to move the Nationals to the, to the crossbench um, over a policy that he said would have, would have harmed property owners and, and landholders uh, in New South Wales. That set off a, a quite a, a huge sort of internal stash within the, the government when Gladys Berejiklian was a Premier and, and led to, to her offering him an ultimatum. It's been called the greatest act of political bastardry the state has ever seen. The Deputy Premier's threat to rip apart the Berejiklian government was shot down this morning by his own boss. And tonight, his leadership is hanging by a thread. Just sort of <laughs> come back into line or resign as a, as a minister. Mm. Well, he didn't resign at that point, but he did quit politics quite suddenly last year, just about a week after Premier Gladys Berejiklian's own shocked resignation. To some breaking news and a leadership crisis in New South Wales, John Barillaro is resigning as Deputy Premier. Why did he leave politics? Well, at the time he said essentially that it was about the toll of, of public life and, and the toll that public life had taken on him. Can I say I have enjoyed every single day of it? Uh, but it has taken a toll. It is tough on anybody in public life uh, to continue in this role, especially under so much scrutiny. He also sort of said that the timing just after Gladys Berejiklian had resigned was allowed for a sort of new beginning, I think is the word he used, for the state government, which has been in power in New South Wales for, for more than a decade. Mm. I'm confident that this state now has bright days ahead of us and it is the right time for the state, for me, for the Liberal Party and the National Party, a new new freshness, a refresh of the government of the day. So after John Barillaro quit politics, he, he took up a role uh, at a, a property developer in Sydney named Coronation. And he's also been in the news, obviously. He had a, a defamation case against Google and the YouTuber Jordan Shanks, who goes by Friendly Geordies. He recently won more than $700,000 from Google in that case. 
Mm. And so he's been in the headlines a little bit, but pretty much left public life until recently when I believe it was announced he has a new job in New York. Tell me about that. Yeah, so a couple of weeks ago, it was announced that that Barilaro would be taking up a position as a trade commissioner for the Americas based in New York City. So so a, a New South Wales government trade, trade commissioner role. Um, it's a taxpayer-funded posting that'll earn him about half a million dollars a year plus expenses, mm. which is not a bad pay packet. It's it's about 150000 more than he was earning when he was the, the state's deputy premier. The, the trade commissioner jobs haven't existed since the early 90s. Um, the, the former premier, John Fay, actually abolished a London-based agent general job over an, an expenses scandal John Fay, the Premier at the time, said that they were a throwback to the colonial days. So in December 2019, um, it was John Barilaro who announced that they were going to reinstate these trade commissioner roles, six of them based in, in cities like London, New York, Mumbai, Shanghai, Singapore. Reinstating the jobs was a $112 million commitment and it was about this big push in New South Wales to, to really increase their sort of export value of the economy, right? They want to double the size of business flowing into to New South Wales from overseas. Right. So there's controversy in the very position of New South Wales Trade Commissioner because this job hasn't existed since the 90s. And then John Barilaro becomes responsible for reinstating these positions and ends up taking one of them, the New York position himself. What did you make of this news? Well, it immediately raises questions, obviously, about how this appointment unfolded, right? So, so the announcement was made late afternoon on a Friday, which is a classic government tactic, taking out the trash, releasing some some news that you don't want people to pay attention to. Unfortunately for the government, a lot of people did pay attention. The jobs for mates saga engulfing the Perite government over the appointment of John Barilaro to a coveted New York trade role has deepened. The New South Wales opposition immediately referred John Barilaro's appointment to an upper house inquiry, which will begin today. Um, but the appointment raises real questions about integrity in, in government, you know, and about the way that appointments like this, very lucrative um, government jobs, get handed out and, and the process behind them. And, you know, there was a, a real firestorm of controversy around it, not least because this all took place in the week that the New South Wales government was delivering its final budget before next year's election. So at a time when they wanted to be talking about their sort of big announcements around childcare funding and infrastructure, all of a sudden the focus was on John Barilaro, a, a person who had left the parliament months earlier. Okay, so you know, this appointment is announced, but what do we know about this job? When did the New South Wales state government start planning to hire someone in this role? The job of filling these roles was was given to an agency called Investment New South Wales, and they were responsible for finding a recruitment company to do the search for candidates, for doing the interviews with, with candidates, and for, for basically picking out, you know, who the the sort of preferred person for each job was. We know but that by, by August of last year, that process was, was well underway for the New York job and there was a preferred candidate for the job. Tell me about that preferred candidate. Yeah, so it's a, a former public servant and businesswoman named Jenny West. And Jenny West actually worked, she was a senior employee within Investment New South Wales. 
she's got a you know a long track record sort of in the the public and, and private sector and from everything we've been told is sort of quite well respected and and and, and well connected it, it has sort of overseas experience and had emerged i guess as the the front runner for that job mm. so we understand that she had been told that the job was hers. The government and, and Investment New South Wales have said that there was never any formal offer, but they've been quite careful to use that word, I suppose. And so by August last year, Jenny West was the front runner for this job. What happened after that? So we know that in August, Investment New South Wales were preparing briefs for both John Barilaro and the then Treasurer, now Premier, Dominic Perrottet, on the candidates and the selection process and the results of the the interviews that had taken place. By late August, there didn't seem to be anything suggesting that it wasn't going ahead. In fact, a senior director inside Investment New South Wales seemed so confident that uh, they were they were close to announcing the job that she started a colleague to start working on on media releases for the, the position. But then the department mysteriously rescinds that offer. Why did the department change its mind? So essentially, we don't know what the government and investment New South Wales have continued to say is that the first initial recruitment phase didn't find a suitable candidate, and that a second recruitment phase was initiated, and it was during that second recruitment that John Barilaro emerged as the uh, the new preferred candidate for the job. So Mick, let me get this straight. Investment New South Wales's first recruitment process picks a former public servant, Jenny West, as the preferred candidate for this New York Trade Commissioner role. And then it switches to a second recruitment process. And from that, former Deputy Premier John Barilaro emerges as the best person for the job. What happened in between these two hiring sprees? Yeah, it's really interesting. So when Investment New South Wales started looking for candidates for these trade commissioner roles, they they hired an external recruitment firm called NGS Global to, to manage that process. And they're responsible for, for going out and identifying candidates um, for, the, for these jobs. Um, they did a, a global search to find candidates, is, is what the government has said. Mm-hmm. But what we have uncovered is that on the day before John Barilaro resigned from Parliament, which was on October 4th. Amy Brown, the Chief Executive of Investment New South Wales, who was ultimately responsible for making these appointments, sent an email to the recruitment company saying, actually, we're going to handle this New York job as an internal matter and that it would be a a ministerial appointment. So um, you can stop looking, essentially. And then a day later, uh, John Barilaro announces he's resigning from Parliament uh, and effectively becomes unemployed. Okay, so Mick, what do we know about how John Barilaro ends up getting selected over the preferred candidate for this position in this second internal recruitment process? Well, it's still really shrouded in in mystery. And um, to be honest, the government hasn't been particularly forthcoming. But here's what we know. So two of the previous trade commissioner jobs had gone to cabinet for approval, right? Mm. Then by August of last year, Investment New South Wales says, actually, no, we don't need cabinet approval for these jobs. It's not appropriate. Investment New South Wales as an agency has the power to make the appointments themselves. Now, Dominic Perrottet has said that 
Amy Brown, the chief executive of Investment New South Wales, was the final decision maker on these jobs. Essentially, it was run by the public service. So the, so the executive, the ministers, didn't have any say over that. So decisions made by the public service following an independent, um, an independent uh, interview process and recruitment process. But it's not. It's not. Public shouldn't be at all raising their well, eyebrows. I, I don't believe it is uncommon for ambassador roles, trade commissioner roles, to be filled by previous uh, politicians, it's, and particularly ones who have served with distinction in senior roles. That's something that's happened throughout the history of time. But it's a bit more complicated than that because in documents that I've seen, the public service were definitely under the impression that they still had to get some kind of sign-off from the ministers involved. So in emails in November uh, talking about an unidentified, one, one of the trade commissioner jobs, we don't know which trade commissioner job, but one of them, the public service is saying... Stuart Ayres, who is the the Deputy Liberal Party leader and the Minister for for Trade, had met with this candidate, was happy with them, and and now it would progress to um, Dominic Perrottet for for approval. But the emails do suggest that the Waller government saying, well, this is completely the public service and, and we didn't have anything to do with it. The fact that Stuart Ayres was meeting with at least some of these candidates shows that there was some at least at least some ministerial involvement in in coming to a job offer um, for these roles and what we found out on Tuesday as well is that while Perite has been saying that he found out that John Barilaro got the job at the end of April he did know that Barilaro was uh, applying for the job much earlier because um, Barilaro himself told the Premier at a, a social event. Now, Perite said on Tuesday that he couldn't recall when the uh, event was. Uh, it was it was after Barilaro resigned from Parliament in October, he said. Um, he said that, that in this conversation, he didn't sort of encourage or discourage um, Barilaro for, for going for the job because, as he said, um, it, you know, it's, it's, it's up to the public service. So there's obviously a lot going on here about who knew what when, and there's clearly still a lot that we don't know. But what we do know is that this plum half a million dollar a year New York Trade Commissioner job that was handed to the former Deputy Premier just months after he quit Parliament never got sign-off from the, the New South Wales Cabinet. Right, so a public servant who reported to John Barilaro made the ultimate decision to hire him over another preferred candidate. Was this a conflict of interest? Not according to Investment New South Wales. So I asked them and, and Amy Brown directly about this via text message last week. She she didn't respond to my questions, but, but through the department, they've said that there was no conflict of interest to declare. So uh, no is the, the answer from the government's point of view. Next, the questions this appointment raises about integrity in politics and the New South Wales government. What has the New South Wales opposition and the state government said about John Barilaro's appointment so far? So the opposition leader, Chris Minns, has accused uh, Dominic Perrottet of making a, a captain's pick in, in the selection of, of John Barilaro for the, the trade job, which is something that the Premier entirely rejects. 
and they happen to pick one of their friends, John Barillaro. I mean, when you consider that his expenses allowance of $100,000 is more than a nurse will earn in a year, this is jobs for the boys and it's back to the bad old days of political appointments. So I don't think he should take the job and I hope, I hope he actually withdraws because this is becoming ridiculous. Minz has basically made the point that we've supposedly seen a, a sort of global search take place to, to fill these jobs. And, and he makes the point of out of not just 8 million people who live in New South Wales, but, but everyone around the entire world, the person they landed on just happened to be the person who had created the positions and had been in the government just months earlier. The, the Premier has, has defended Barilara's employment, um, saying that, you know, he, he thinks that, that John Barilara would do a, do a good job and, and that he went through a... Uh, sort of rigorous and above board process and he was genuinely the best candidate to emerge from this sort of you know genuine and, and independent job search the former deputy premier was a former trade minister deputy premier of new south wales and was recommended by an independent panel and i do believe like all the trade commissioners that he will do a great job there's also considerable anger within the government about this for, for a number of reasons. One is there's a sense from some ministers that this just wasn't handled correctly. It should have gone to cabinet. So cabinet has oversight over much lower level government appointments than this. So for this sort of lucrative, contentious New York Trade Commissioner job to not have gone to cabinet, it, it has some ministers privately scratching their heads and, and, and are quite uh, angry about how this happened. It's also the timing you know, the government has just put out this budget that was really aimed at, <laughs> it's, it's been called the teal budget, right? Like th this big spending budget on things like childcare and, and, and sort of convincing the voters who turned away from the federal coalition that the New South Wales coalition is a different beast um, and they shouldn't have the same concerns that voters expressed I in the federal election. But this appointment, a lot of ministers are saying, is, is completely undermines that because obviously one of the big concerns for voters at the, the federal election was integrity. And now you've got a situation where the government is, is having to bat away all these questions about integrity. And it kind of, you know, the argument is it just undermines the sort of narrative they've been trying to build ahead of the next election. And what about commentators and other people interested in these kinds of integrity issues? So, so outside of politics, experts have, have, have raised some concerns about the, the integrity behind this. Um, Anthony Wheely, the, the, the chair of the Centre for Public Integrity, sort of called it jobs for the boys and said it needs to be transparently looked into the sort of perception, at least, of favourable treatment. Mm. Well, there are now two separate inquiries looking into Barilara's appointment to the New York Trade Commissioner role. Can you talk me through what both of them are focusing on? Yeah, so the the New South Wales Upper House is conducting an inquiry that begins this week, and that's going to look at essentially the process that led to John Barilaro being appointed. That inquiry is going to look at everything we've been talking about today, how he was identified as the preferred candidate for the job and the, the probity involved in, in that appointment. And so that inquiry begins today. Then there's a separate inquiry, which Dominic Perrottet has announced, which will be conducted by Graham Head, who's the former commissioner of the, the New South Wales Public Service Commission. He's running that for the Department of Premier and Cabinet. So, Mick, what could we see come out of these two inquiries? So, I mean, the Upper House inquiry will obviously go to the, the sort of the who knew what when of this whole process and how did John Barilaro end up in this in this job and and we've seen before these inquiries um, 
you know, can, can cause headaches for, for the New South Wales government. It's happened over things like grants funding in the past. Um, obviously, the the inquiry itself doesn't have power to, to make the government do anything, but we expect to hear some some pretty compelling evidence during it. Now, the second inquiry, which, you know, won't involve public hearings, it, it, it'll be done behind closed doors, uh, but Perite has promised to release the report um, when it's completed, and, and that could cause some headaches for the government too. Where does that leave John Barillaro in the midst of these two inquiries? Do we know if he's started that position yet? Well, interestingly, Investment New South Wales hasn't or won't say uh, whether he's in fact started the, the the role yet. What I can tell you is that as of right now, there are discussions going on uh, within both the public service and the government about what exactly they should do here, you know, whether the job should be should be pulled. Um, that would be a big decision. It would probably involve paying John Barilara compensation. At the moment, it's a sort of watch and wait. But either way, I mean, I think what this whole saga represents is some really sort of key and fundamental questions about integrity in, in government and the way um, these sorts of plum appointments get handed out to people in and outside of government. And it's obviously really essential that we we get to the bottom of, of how this all unfolded. That was Michael McGowan, New South Wales state reporter for Guardian Australia. You can find more of Michael's reporting on John Barillaro's appointment at theguardian.com, including his article about how that appointment came about called John Barillaro's Bite of the Big Apple, the plum New York posting that set off a firestorm. We'll post the link to that article on the full story page. This episode was produced by Karishma Luthria and Camilla Hannan, who also did the sound design and mixing, and me, Jane Lee. The executive producers of Full Story are Miles Martignoni, Gabrielle Jackson and Laura Murphy-Oates. OK, catch you tomorrow.